Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta, Yardena Azband. Our daf of the day, Masachat Shabbat, daf Ayin, page 70. We are making progress. Um, okay. We are also continuing along the same conversation we've been having now for a few days. I'm going to read from the text of the Gemara and then put it back into what, the context of, that we've been addressing. Chayav al-kol malacha malacha. Now, again, we're talking about somebody who would have to bring a korban chatat for somebody, for if for every malacha that he has done on Shabbat in the context of shogeg, right, where he has not intended to break Shabbat and where he, um, or she for that matter, right, um, as, is doing all these different malachot, right? Chayav al malacha malacha. The Gemara then asks, Chiluk malachot minalan. He says, where do we get this division of labor? How do we have this division of all of these different activities into these formal categories of malachot? Amar, Shmuel, Amar, Kra, Machalea, Mot, Yumat. Shmuel says that the Pasuk, that there is a verse in Shmot, Perak, Lamed Aleph, chapter 31, verse 14, that says as follows, Mechaleha, Mot, Yumat, those who desecrate the Shabbat, will die, but the expression used to, or, or will be put to death, the expression is motumat. It has the word death twice. Now, the Gemara continues on that particular point. The Torah specifies or um, increases death, the, the deaths, um, or even many deaths, as the Gemara says, on one desecration. Right? Mechaleha one who desecrates her, Shabbat, Motumat gets these two expressions of death in the same sentence. Now, in terms of pshat, the plain sense of the text, you know, if you're learning the Torah text, it simply means, you know, we'll die, we'll surely die, right? The idea is that that kind of repetition is used for emphasis. But the Gemara is going to use that doubling of language to be more than emphasis and actually learn out halakha from it. Right, and then it goes on to say the Gemara goes on to say, "Hi, b'mezid k'tiv." So we're talking about here a case of mezid, somebody who's intending to break Shabbat. Meaning, mechalel motumat means the the death is only carried out against somebody who intentionally, with witnesses and warning and everything like that, came to desecrate the Shabbat. Im eno inyan lemezid. What so? Why would you have all these uh, definitions of melacha or melacha? Each one of the designated. Um, categories of prohibited labor on Shabbat, if you're not talking about a mazid case, you're not talking about that kind of intentionality. Dichtiv, oh, so we have another verse here. Kol ha'oseh yumat. And there it says, anyone who does melacha will die. It does not have the doubling. Tanei inyan l'shogeg, yumat, yumat b'mamon. So the Gemara says, well, okay, we don't have that doubling of language when it comes to the case of shogeg. So then what are you talking about, mot yumat? What does it mean in this case where it just says yumat, he will die. How is he going to die? Well, he, meaning that seems to be extreme. How? Why would somebody who's done something b'shogeg die when the case of death is really only levied against somebody who has acted b'mezid with intentionality? And so the Gemara answers, yumat b'mamon, that they will die in in their property, meaning that they will have to pay you know, in, an, in a more extreme kind of way, they'll have to pay and that will be their punishment. And the implication is that they'll have to pay for the korban, I, I believe. Yes, I agree. So, that's, the, that's what it means. It's that they'll have to pay for the korban. 
Okay, great. So, so I just want to point out here. So, all of this whole discussion is really about, you know, why is it that we're enumerating, um, you know, each and every one of the malachot that somebody would then be culpable for? Why would it be such a such a spe- specific kind of thing? And the answer is the Gemara. Uh, the I'm sorry, the Chumash, the Torah says motumat that there can be, you know, an emphasis or multiplicity of death even on one desecration, the implication then being, all right, we have to enumerate each one by, an, by itself because, because of that, um, uh, what's the word? The doubling of the language implies, or, or according to Gemara logic, it implies the greater specific, specificity that you can have many ways that one could come to be chayav um, mita, uh, culpable for death. It's, it, it's an interesting Gemara. I mean, it seems that the Gemara is trying to sort of unpack when we have this, you know, terminology of like that there's 39 malachot. And I think it recognizes that within many prohibitive, well, I want to change the language on that. That when we do something that we're not allowed to do on Shabbat, it's possible that it may have many different prohibitive actions within that one action. And so therefore, do you sort of take apart what it is that a person did and say that it's comprised of all the individual prohibitive actions, or is it just they violated Shabbat? Um, And, you know, I think here it's trying to say that, no, each and every one of those prohibited actions are important unto themselves. I, I mean, I think that's somewhat of what the Gemara is struggling here with. And when I go back to the previous Prekim, you know, where it talked about hotza or where it talked about, you know, cooking, um, you know, those like sort of in a certain way, they're talked about like in a very narrow way. Like it's like you're just doing the action of cooking or you're just doing the action of carrying. And maybe that's true more of those two particular prohibitive actions. But maybe with some of the other ones, there could be a little bit more, particularly the ones that have to do with agriculture there could be like a little bit more overlapping where a person would sort of come to do many of them within the same moment of time. Yes, but I just want to emphasize that this Gemara is very much focusing on the mazid, the mazid personality, right? Meaning where somebody is intentionally coming to break Shabbos and do these activities because they know that they're breaking Shabbos, right? Otherwise, there's no motumat. There's no death sentence in that way. Right, exactly. Right. That that's what's interesting. Right. It's really trying to talk about the person who says, I purposefully want to go out of my way <laughs> to break Shabbat. And what's the punishment for that person? And what happens to that person who does that? Um, I wanted to focus And then on- and then the Gemara has to the Gemara has to kind of like get itself out of that rationale with the Yumat for somebody who's Bishogig. Right. Because, and say, Oh, they died from their monetary thing because they had to they're paying for Korban Khatat. Which all is true, right? But the but the element of multiplicity of death, and therefore we're going to learn out each malacha o malacha. It's a harder sell for Shogeg than for Maisie. Much harder sell for Shogeg than for Maisie, right? Um, look, I think this also all gets back to that, like the holiness of Shabbat and keeping Shabbat is really like one of our central tenets of our faith, and you know, therefore, I think we see like how important it was with sort of the way the concept of somebody doing, even somebody who did a show gig, I think I'm stuck on this because I mentioned this yesterday also, 
like still has a punishment. It's not like you just get to say like, oh, I inadvertently did it. Oh, I made a mistake. You move on, no, but, you know? So, so if we're gonna, I'm going to come back to my point from yesterday as well. You're not being punished. You, right? You have an atonement right. to offer. Right. And it's I have to be a, more I'm careful sorry. with that language. You right. Fixed it. That's exactly. Right. And that's. Right. It's that. So that's sacrifice, like the, so sorry, we keep talking over each other today. The sacrifice is giving the Korban is giving you an opportunity to sort of write a spiritual misstep that you made. And I think it speaks to how important it is for us spiritually to be keeping Shabbat correctly, that even if you did a Bishogeg, you have to complete an atonement to sort of like realign yourself spiritually. Right. I'll add years and years ago, I was learning Masach Shabbat or Hilchot Shabbat rather. And somebody in the Beit Midrash said this great line about how, you know, when people learn Hilchot Kashrut, when they learn the laws of Kashrut, people discover that they could be a lot more lenient than all of the many multiplicity of, you know, chumras and, and ways just to live in a, in a kind of normal organized fashion it includes a whole lot of extra that is not necessarily necessary for keeping Shabbat, uh, for keeping Kashrut. But the same person said that, but the line is that when you learn Hilchot Shabbat, right, you just decide that you cannot do a, a, a anything on Shabbat. You could like sit in your chair in your living room and don't move because because you're so at risk of verging into something, you know, where you inadvertently do something wrong. Or something that breaks about whatever gig. So I think that I mean I don't think that we have to just sit in our living room chair not moving, but but the implication of this is a serious thing and it colors you know when you when you delve into the learning of it it begins to color you know the the whole Jewish worldview of wh- what is everything about I would say it's you know I think there's something to it that as much as we talked yesterday also about the positive side of Shabbat. All this negative detail is there for a reason, and it certainly, you know, heightens our awareness of this day. Exactly, and I think you know, as we keep going through this tractate, through this masachet, I think that's something that I'm really coming to appreciate. That when we violate Shabbat, even b'shogeg, like not intentionally, it it throws something off in us, and and that actually keeping it is hard harder than a lot of other areas um, of halacha. So I I think I'm going to keep thinking about that as we continue our learning here. I wanted to focus on two other things that are also around this Amud. One is a nice piece of Torah that we get from uh, Rabbi Natan. Um, The Gemara is in the middle of a discussion uh, actually about Shmuel, where, you know, Shmuel talks about, um, wants to know where do we understand the source in the halacha that if somebody does many of these prohibitive actions or labors on Shabbat in one period of time. And we'll talk about this more actually in the next podcast, what we mean by that, about a Helem, um, you know, that you, each one is sort of considered a separate offense and it, in regard to, uh, you know, how, what you have to do to fix that, or, you know, punishment or atonement. And they give a whole, you know, Shmuel, a learning that Shmuel does, uh, quoting a verse in, in some verses in Shmuel. Um, but then the Gemara basically wants to ask, why doesn't he learn this? Why doesn't he learn this, that, that there's this real division of the labors um, from Mehacha from here? 
like Rabbi Natan taught. Titania, we learned in a brisa. Rabbi Natan Omer, lo tivaru esh b'chomosh v'techem b'yom Shabbat. Right? We have this verse in Shmot Paraklam and Hey Pasuk Gimel, chapter thirty-five, verse three, that says, right, you shouldn't kindle a fire in your dwellings on Shabbat. Matamud lamar, what is it teaching us? Lefishen emar vayikahel Moshed kol adap in Israel, ele hadavarim sheshagamim tasem lacha. So it says, since it already said, right, when um, in Shemot, uh, or the first two psukim of this same chapter in uh, verses one and two, Aleph and Bet, it says, Moshe gathered the entire nation of Israel and said to them, right, Ela Hadzavarim, right? These are the things, okay? And then said, right, what are the things? That six days you will do work. And then in the third verse, it says, right, don't make a, uh, don't make a right. It says six days you should do work. On the seventh day you'll rest because it's Shabbat. And then, as an example of one of the types of work, on the third verse it says that you shouldn't make a fire. And then Rabbi Natan has the following way of looking at it. Right? He says Devarim, Hadivarim, Ela Hadivarim, Ela Shlosha Vitesha Melachot Shenemru Lemoshem Besinai. So he's looking at the words of why does it say specifically? Ela Hadzavarim. These are the thing, right? Why does it need the word Ela? Why does it need the ha, the the before the word things? And so what he comes to is, is that if you take the word Ela, um, right, in Gematria, you know, using that numerology, okay, um, the Aleph is one, the Lamed is 30, the He is five. So that comes out to 36. And then Hadzavarim, Rashi explains, Dvarim is plural, so that's two, and adding the ha is three, so that gets us to 39. So it's enumerating that there are 39 malachot, and that is basically Moshe Misenai. Now, I just thought this was like a nice little piece of Torah that Rabbi Natan did. I think it speaks to also that it's very clear, because we saw, you know, I can't remember, I think it was Memchet 48, where we had that other explanation of how do we get to 39 malachot. Um, Clearly, the idea of 39 was sort of floating around. And I think, again, it's like we're seeing an attempt by many of the, you know, by many of Tanayim to sort of show like, okay, where do we actually get, like, what's the actual source for it? But I think ultimately what we see is it's really not in the actual words of the Torah in the sense of here are your 39, here's the list of the 39 prohibitive actions. It's it's really, it's Moshe Misenai. It's a, it's a strong... Um, it's a train, you know, it's a Masora. It's it's a real um what's I never have a good English word for Masora, Anne. What's a good English word for Masora? heritage? Yeah, heritage. Tradition. It's a real tradition that we have. Um, that it's just like, yes, it is 39 prohibitive actions. Um, and then the other thing on this page that I thought was actually one of those, like, this blows my mind away, is then it goes on to saying, Okay, why doesn't he learn Shmuel, learn this like Rabiosi? Right, it's a Shmuel Sever like Rabbi Yossi. Right, he should use what Rabbi Yossi says. Uh, well, it says Shmuel learns this like Rabbi Yossi, and it says the following about Rabbi Yossi to Amar: Habara lilav yatsat, that kindling, okay, was singled out right to teach us that it's actually just you only violate a prohibition like a lav, a lotase, something that you're not allowed to do. Habara detanya because we learned in a brisa. Rabbi Natan Omer Yatsat. 
right? So that kindling, according to Rabbi Yossi, is just, it's a prohibition. But according to Rabbi Natan, kindling is like other prohibited actions on Shabbat. And it was singled out to like, basically like, to like divide all of the various labors. So I thought that was like, I don't know, I didn't quite understand, like, how are we actually supposed to understand that, right? That, and so I looked at Rashi, and what it's saying is, is that making a fire, according to Rabbi Yossi, is actually not one of the 39 malachot, right? Rashi says, she'ein chayavin ala karet tiskila, all right, kishar malachot, right? It's just, you don't get karet, you don't, or, and you wouldn't get stoned like you would with the other malachot. Rather, it's just a prohibited action. I don't know. This blew my mind because I think of it as when we read the Torah and talk about Shabbat, sort of the, um, you know, quintessential prohibitive action. The quintessential malacha is lighting a fire. And here we have Rabbi Yossi who says, no, it's not part of that. It's actually a different type of prohibited. Uh, it's it's just a lav. It's just a lotase. I do think it's fascinating. I think also it's kind of the fact, right? It's the very fact that the Torah singles out this ostensible malacha on its own that makes you have to say, like, why is it on its own? So either it becomes, as you say, the quintessential malacha in in all regards, right? And it's just an example of lighting a fire is like the 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 main bad thing you could do, right, in terms of violating Shabbat. Or perhaps there's something else that's different about it, and that's this rationale of, no, 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 it's not really included in the 39. I think it's hard. I think the fact that we all think of it as the quintessential malacha means that that is how it has come down to us, right? Like, I don't think that we're all in error. I think it's a mahlokit, right? Yeah, but it was one of those things that, like, when I read it on the page, I'm like, what? Did I read this correctly? Is Rebbe Yossi saying <laughs> it's not one of the 39? And then I looked at Raji, I'm like, wow, he's saying it's not one of the 39. Like, I just thought that was like, well, I don't know that he's saying it's not one of the 39. Let me change that. I think it's, but it's like, that it's a lot. It's just the low test that you don't get curried or skila for it. So I need to explore. Which makes it not a malacha. Right. So it's like that it's not one of the, I, I don't know. I just like, I, I don't know. I've just found that very, very interesting that like the counting or the division of it could actually be different because then that's what gets interesting because if we just, wanted to say, like Rabbi Natan said, and obviously this is a machlokas between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Natan, that, you know, it's Moshe Misenai. So then we would assume that sort of like the tradition has been kept and everybody holds by the same tradition. And yet here we see sort of the crack in it that like, no, there's still some disagreement about like, what does it mean? You know, the thing with the kindling, not with the Havarat, like not everybody holds that it means the same thing. So I think that's the piece of like where or, oral Torah gets complicated, right? It's not, it isn't written down and there are going to be different ways that it was like transmitted or or remembered. Right. Oral Torah gets complicated. I think that could be like a, we can make a- Is that a song? What's it a book? <laughs> no, I, I meant that we could make like a billboard out of it or a bumper sticker. A bumper right? sticker like, or oral law gets that, complicated. Okay. <laughs> that's our DAF discussion for the day thank you for joining us Rankets Review is where you get your podcast thank you to Rabbi Neat Michelle Farber for hosting us on that website uh, join our Facebook discussion we'd love to see you there until tomorrow go and learn 